Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, September 24. We are literally six days, seven days, six, seven days from entering into October again, uh, to enter into October. And, and I say this because of just how the days are going by rapidly, and, uh, and it seems like we're getting closer and closer to events and things that are still happening. And so we must keep a close eye in this moment. Stay awake. Stay awake, church. Stay awake, listener, because God is speaking. We want to welcome all our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from. We're so glad that you can join us today in this fellowship of the word and this study of the word. And we, we pray that God, that something that will be said today will bless you, uh, will, will exhort you, will encourage you. And, 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 and God will speak to you. I'm confident that he will because this is the word of life, amen? And this word will bring life unto you. Today in our panel, we are joined by Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. And it's always a pleasure to be able to study the word of God with my brothers and, and to be able to, to glean from the word of God. And the Bible is so true when it says that wherever there are two or three gathered in his name, amen, <laughs> there's a witness and God moves. We're going to get into our study. I'm excited about uh, what I believe God is going to speak to us today. Um, you know, we get just a little bit of a preview. <laughs> and so it, it excites us. And so I know that God is going to speak a word to us today. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the word of God together. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back again today. We're going to be uh, shifting gears. We've been in uh, on a journey with King David to bring the ark to Jerusalem, and uh, we finally were able to, by the grace of God, uh, get that ark over to Jerusalem <laughs> yesterday. So we're happy about that. And uh, and in, my, in our seeking of the Lord this morning, we... Uh, that led of the spirit of the Lord to, as Brother Jeremy was saying, we we're, we're closing in on on the, uh, the the last few days of September already, and it it really does feel like uh, things are being accelerated in the spirit. Uh, we're headed into October, uh, and we have a sense that uh, we're going to begin to see some things ratchet up, not just from the obvious because of what we know is going on in the country as a whole, but there's a real sense that something is just over the horizon. Uh, things that we've been talking about for months now. Um, and we have seen many of the things the Lord has revealed to us already come to pass in many ways. Um, but today, uh, as we were seeking the Lord, we, we find uh, almost, it was, it was kind of like, I want you to address this issue again, to return to this issue. And, and that's what we're going to do. So before we get into it, I want I want Brother Jeremy, if he wouldn't mind, uh, we're going to be in the book of Ezekiel, the book of the prophet Ezekiel today. Uh, and we are going to begin our study today in the 13th chapter. Those of you listening, we encourage you as always to have your Bible with you, your Bible app, whatever you use uh, to, uh, to follow along. And, uh, and I also want to encourage you. Those of you who have been listening, I know we hear from some other people as well that tell us that they have been sharing uh, the podcast with other people. 
And I would encourage you, if you haven't done that, you know, to, to allow people to uh, to uh, at least, you know, let them know that, that there is a place where three crazy guys, all they do is talk about the Bible. So <laughs> that's what we want. If you feel like sharing it, go ahead. Uh, we would encourage you to do that. We're not trying to build nothing. We're not trying to ask for money. We ain't doing none of that stuff. We just want to be able to share what we believe God has put in our hearts, and uh, and we pray that it blesses you and that you'll be able to bless others as well. So with that in mind, as we begin our study in the name of the Lord, Brother Jeremy, would you please uh, begin today by reading us the first four verses of chapter 13 uh, in the uh, book of the prophet Ezekiel. Amen. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy. And say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the desert. Incredible <clears throat> what what Ezekiel says there in verse 4. He says, he, he, he describes the prophets of Israel like the foxes in the desert. And that's what I want to talk about today as the Lord leads us, uh, the effects of these false prophets. You know, uh, over the last several weeks, you know, we've been exploring the, the last days of Judah, the last days of Israel before they were uh, carried away captive. And uh, we, we began these kinds of uh, focusing on uh, the last days of Jerusalem and Judah in, in our podcast series. Uh, we began with the prophet Jeremiah. And I encourage you to go back and listen to those uh, again. Uh, we actually started on August the 9th. For those of you who have iTunes, you can you can go to the date August 9th uh, through the 31st, and you will see a series of podcasts there concerning the captivity and all that led up to it. And we encourage you to to look at those things because in them we discussed the many parallels, the many prophetic types and parallels that can be seen in in particularly Judah's last days. And uh, and what we see happening now in this global pandemic reset, as they're calling it, but specifically the church around the world and more specifically the church in the United States of America. And and also how that church within our own country has been reacting. This year, 2020, to these prophetic times. How we've been reacting to all the events that are occurring in the land. Because really, you have two, <laughs> there's a huge voice of ideas and concepts and uh, that are being, you know, put out there. And then there's a small minority that are basically saying, no, this isn't that. This is something different. And we, we, we have seen the church pretty much break apart into do two different camps. And there are so many things that are happening and so many ideas and thoughts and visions and dreams and words from the Lord, so-called. Uh, there's many, many voices, but but there is there a, a clear-sounding message? Is there something that the Scripture reveals in these stories we've been looking at 
that can guide us and direct us. And that's why we encourage you to go listen to podcasts that you've already heard. Because so much information that we've been trying to share uh, cannot be gleaned just simply by, you know, listening to it once. There's a lot of information there, and we encourage you, as the Lord leads, uh, when you have the time to, 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 to do that. But it's with that in mind that we return again uh, to, to the theme uh, of, of the captivity. And, and we need to remember that this captivity that came, it came uh, to Judah, uh, the most favored of nations. Uh, it, it, it held to its, its idea of being indestructible. They were the people of God. They had the Temple of Solomon the prophets and the great King David and so forth and so on. I mean, these were God's chosen people. Moses led us out of the wilderness. All that stuff was wrapped up through the generations and centuries into the collective psyche of a generation that would be uh, uh, <laughs> marked, if you will, because of the, the decline of that favored nation status. Uh, and the covenant they had with God into into a, a state where they were completely compromised and completely religious at the same time, thinking that there was nothing wrong. And, and, and it's even not it's not even about that, like thinking there's nothing wrong. It's more that they evolved into a position of thought and meditation uh, and, and, and really no self-examination. They became religious, and yet they became worldly at the same time. And through a series of, of extended time periods, God raising up his prophets, as he described in Jeremiah, raising them up early, he began to warn the nation at the very onset of the decline. We, we talked about Isaiah 6, if you remember, and, and how he was made aware in his Isaiah 6 vision uh, that even he, was dwelling in the midst of an unclean people with unclean lips. And he described himself as being absolutely convicted by the presence and the spirit of God and, and saying that even his own lips, I'm a man of unclean lips, he said, in the light, in the presence of a holy God. So even the great prophet himself was jarred um, in, in the light of the holiness of the God that he was allowed to see. King of kings and the Lord of lords, he described him as being high and lifted up. And God began with this great prophet to begin to pour into his spirit an understanding not only of his times, but of the times that would come to rest uh, in, in, the, in the not too distant future from, from his life, about 150 to 180 years later, uh, his prophecies and, and various prophets would be raised up all along that way. Uh, coming to rest in the days of, of, of the prophet Jeremiah, who then began, as we discussed, to have conflict uh, with the current, you know, fair-haired prophets of his day. Jeremiah brought a contrasting word, a word that that even in the midst of a culture uh, of, a, of a ruling religious elite, like we like to <laughs> call them around here, and, and a political class, um, that that had had brought itself into a position where even though the signs were around them and obvious things were occurring that would that would tell the discerning that the nation's in deep trouble and not only is it in deep trouble it's 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 quite possibly reached the point 
in their time, and we believe in ours as well, where the prophecies that had gone before, the warnings of the Spirit, uh, it reached a generation that, that none of that mattered anymore. They, they didn't even discern what was happening to them while it was happening to them. And even when it came to the point when Nebuchadnezzar, like we've talked about at length, a type of that a foreshadow of the Antichrist at the end of time, and, and the rise of a global empire of that day, the Babylonian Empire, even when that began to, to come down on them, and events uh, that were dictated by the spirit of Antichrist, like the Apostle John called it, the, there are many Antichrists, or the spirit of Antichrist, or the spirit of iniquity, which already works, as Paul would call it. Even though that was flowing up into those days, and, and it would culminate with the destruction of their great society, they still couldn't see it. One of those was the incursion of the captivity. That's what we call the captivity. And the great debate that began to emerge within their society as to what was actually going on. Uh, you had Nebuchadnezzar's army come and take a group of people, tens of thousands of them, and lead them captive out of the city uh, into a system, the Babylonian system across the sands in their case, uh, into Babylon itself. And so two camps began to emerge after this initial judgment, this initial captivity. And one camp emerged in saying, no, uh, this was this was just a minor blip on the radar screen. And in fact, what it really proved was they were just about to have this great awakening, this great revival that God was going to send, this powerful deliverance, on and on and on. And then you have prophets like Jeremiah and like today we're looking at Ezekiel who were saying quite the opposite. What's interesting about Ezekiel is he's already in captivity when we pick up the story. He's in captivity. He's part of that captivity. He's in Babylon. And, and he's with the others that were carried away with him in that initial move that was executed by Nebuchadnezzar. And when we read what we read today in the 13th chapter, it, it's best understood if, if we just take a little bit, uh, a look at what was actually happening when this prophecy came forward. When we look at the 12th chapter uh, and, and then go into the 13th chapter, we're going to see uh, exactly how God moved on the prophet and what he told him to say just days ahead of the ultimate destruction that Jeremiah had been prophesying in his time. And as a matter of fact, Jeremiah was still in Jerusalem, which I find terribly fascinating is that you have the prophet Ezekiel, Daniel, and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they're in captivity. And then you have Jeremiah as a witness to that culture that, that refused to repent, and Israel became flooded with false prophets and false prophecies that were guiding and directing the leadership of the nation in a particular direction that was all it was doing was hastening the destruction that was coming. Brother Jeremy, when we talked about in our 9-11 podcast, uh, you mentioned how that Sister Shirley noticed that from the time of the captivity until the ultimate destruction that came, it was a period of almost 19 years, right? 19, 20 years yes. that took place. And we found that very interesting that as we've we experienced a 9-11 event in 2001. It's interesting to see where America is in the pattern um, 19 years later. 
we find ourselves up under a global pandemic, it is quite possibly. Uh, and when we say pandemic, we, we literally mean everything that's been going on, because it's far more than the coronavirus that we're talking about now. You know, we're talking about a, a move that's been occurring, much like in Nebuchadnezzar's time, uh, a global reset. We've been talking about that. We've been talking about in America, the riots in the streets, the looting, the, the, the murder, the theft, you know, the, 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 the burning of churches. Our forests are on fire in California and Oregon and Washington. The, the unprecedented hurricane season we've been having, you know, the, the signs in the heavens. I mean, all of it is happening at our time. And in the midst of this, much like it was in the days of Judah, you have people uh, within the context of the American church, because that's what our focus is on, aligning itself with political power wrapping itself in some sort of pseudo-morphed stew of a Christianized patriotism and boldly declaring uh, that it's going to take over and that it's their mandate and it's their destiny, you know, to rule America, right? Because we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, that is what we have been saying is very much like it was in the days of the final days of Judah. Because like we said, you have an element of Israel that was taken captive and prophets that were seated among them uh, that were giving them words from God. And yet you had this contravening uh, message that was emerging from the, from the elite that were still existing in Jerusalem and up under the administration of uh, Jehoiakim, Jeconiah, and then finally Zedekiah. When we pick up this story here in chapter 13, it's in the waning days of, of the king of Zedekiah and the last days just before uh, Jerusalem was going to meet its fate. All along the way, even after the captivity, the prophet Jeremiah has been pleading with them to turn, to repent, to understand their times. He was he was contramanded as we did that one podcast. I think you can find it in Jeremiah 27 by by the national prophet Hananiah, who and they had this conflict over whose word is right. Hananiah ultimately would pass away, but it was only a few years later that that what Jeremiah had said would happen, indeed would happen. And so what we see here, and what I want to look at first, brother Jeremy, turn over there if you would to Ezekiel chapter two. And, and let's take a look at his calling. He, he's, in, he's in Babylon. God appears to him in chapter 1 in the most incredible display of the power of God uh, that he describes as, as fire coming out of the north, a whirlwind, you know, the chariots of God. He sees all this incredible stuff. Uh, when he gets to chapter 2, uh, God begins to speak to him, and he receives his calling. And God tells him exactly what he's being raised up to do. Would you mind reading that in uh, in chapter 2, verse 6, so we get a little context about the kind of man we're dealing with here. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks though they be a rebellious house. 
it's interesting what you see here when God begins to call him. The very first thing that he reveals to him is is <laughs> is to be cautious and and not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of their words. He says, even though you're surrounded by thorns and scorpions, uh, don't be afraid of what they say or dismayed at how they look at you when you tell them what, what it is I'm giving you to tell them. He's talking about those that he was he was dwelling amongst, even those that had come up underneath the captivity. But he's also talking about those that are going to be influenced by what they hear is emerging from the captivity all the way reaching into Jerusalem and Israel because his words would go to them. And so God's setting the tone for him and, 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 and causing him to come up under an understanding about what is going to be required in the ministry that he's being called to. Because what they're saying, both, both Ezekiel and Jeremiah in their different locations at the time, it was the same word from the Lord, is that something has happened to you because he's talking to his own people. He's talking to the people of God. And the last thing up underneath an uncomfortable situation, to say the least, that most people want to hear from is some guy who comes along and starts saying, you know what, this is the hand of the Lord. And you're being corrected for the sins uh, uh, and, and for the, the, the terrible ways that you've been conducting yourself as the people of God. We're not talking about the world here. And so he tells him and identifies them as a rebellious house. Verse 7 and 8, could you read that, Brother Jeremy? Yes. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house, Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Oh, man. Uh, I find that incredible because he selected the prophet, but then he tells him, don't be rebellious. And I, and I just want to say something. Brothers, you know, whatever you're feeling, you know, or you get an idea, you know, just jump in. Uh, this is really fascinating because this is his call. And and what's interesting is that it, at the Spirit of the Lord, if you can receive it, is revealing to us maybe what's going on on the inside of this young man, Ezekiel. <laughs> because he tells him, do not be rebellious like the rebellious house he's being sent to. And what is that rebellion? That is that God speaks and you don't listen, right, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's why he goes on to say, open your mouth and eat what I give you. You want to talk a little bit about that, anybody? What that means to you? Dig into the psyche of it. Think about it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, go ahead. Yeah, it it actually it it, it, it speaks of a uh, resistance uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. On his part to to what level? Um, well, the word itself, rebellious, it's, it has a a real deep meaning. It wasn't just like no, nah, I don't want to. It was. <laughs> He was kind of in the balance of, you know, uh, I don't know, go, going the way that the other prophets are going, um, you know, or, again, one can only speculate, but the word rebellious tells us a whole lot that he was resisting the word of God to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. um, um, so, so yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think too. It, it, it's interesting because it, we started out reading how he 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 seems to be revealing a sense of fear and and dread. Uh, it's not you right, you know. I mean, there's like this anxiousness about him, and he tells him, "Don't be afraid." It shows the level of resistance that he knew would would be you know present because he's young, right? I mean, he's not like this. He hasn't mm-hmm. been in the ministry. <laughs> he's a young, but he's a priest, right? He's 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 a he's a Levite, and so he he knows the ways of God. But but again, think about what he's come up under. Uh, he was selected by God amongst the other thousands that were taken captive, precisely to protect that remnant, those that are the preserved, those that were meant to be preserved up under the. Yet intermingled with them are a set of people that that are very rebellious. Remember what we were studying, how that the prophets from Jerusalem were sending letters into Babylon where the captivity was, uh, telling them that they, and even Hananiah himself was telling them they're about to be delivered in a couple of years and everything's going to turn out great and everything, we're going to have this great, they were like the QAnon of their day, you know? (laughs) For those of you who know who QAnon is, now listen, uh, he says, "Don't be afraid of them." So there's that trepidation that's being revealed, and and then he he tells them uh, to hear what I say to you. What's interesting is he's re- he's saying that in connection with what he revealed to to us in verse one and two. Can you read verse one and two to us, brother Jeremy? Yes, it says, "And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet." and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. So in verse 8 where he says, Son of man, hear what I have, what I say to you. In verse 2, we see how that's made possible. Because what you read earlier about the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit, right? Revelation, I mean, uh, Ezekiel 13. Uh, here we have a key, and, and and that key is that without the Spirit you can't hear. And, and so this is this is the Spirit of God being ministered to the prophet. He says the Spirit entered into him. That's incredible. The Holy Spirit entered into him and and begins to speak to him, and sets him on his feet, and then he hears. It's a progression. So by the time we get to to verse 8, uh, he's being told to hear what is being spoken to him and not to be rebellious like <laughs> the rebellious house he's being sent to because they didn't want to hear what God had to say. But wasn't necessarily that he was living in gross sin, but in, 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 to bring it down more to flesh and blood and just dig in a little bit here, which is important to look at. And, and and the development again here is incredible. Is is the rebelliousness uh, can be in exactly what God said in verse eight, the refusal to hear. Right, son of man, hear what I say to you. Don't be rebellious. Which seems to indicate the ability to hear. And and the rebellion is wrapped up in shutting your ears off to what is being heard. 
because it brings a burden of a responsibility upon the hearer. And once you hear from the Lord, you cannot refuse what it is that you're hearing. It, it has so much in it because it, it gets down into the deeper parts of who we are as individuals. He's up under the captivity, remember. The judgment has begun. The global system that foreshadows the Antichrist beast system of the book of Revelation, which is the days we find ourselves in right now, rising quickly, is what he's experiencing. And and the tendency would be in in the midst of, of this incredibly uh you know tumultuous time that he's living in is is to is to settle into your own space. It's enough to deal with the heaviness that's going on in his own personal space, but to have God come and say, That's not what I have for you. <laughs> I'm expecting you in the midst of this, I have selected you in the midst of this to do something uh, that, 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 that transcends your own little world, man. I'm going to use you, and so don't be rebellious to this. Don't resist this. But open your mouth, in verse 8, and eat what I give you. In other words, the level of word that's coming will require a yieldedness and, and, then, and then a an eating of the word of God that he gives. It must be chewed. It must be masticated on, as they say, right? It has to be swallowed and digested to literally become, you know, part of of, of who you are. To become part of the very structure of your being. I mean, that sounds simple to say. But there's so much wrapped in the, uh, into that. There's so much personal, oh, man, I mean, so much intimate, you know, relinquishing of territory. Because when you swallow something or you eat something, it breaks down, and that's why these words are used here, it breaks down and becomes part of your system. See, that's a lot different than the prophets he's about to prophesy to because they follow stuff out of their own heart and they follow stuff out of their own spirit, but they don't have the word of God flowing through them. So they can be blown about by any wind of doctrine. And that's what was happening back in Judah just days before they were about to be destroyed. That's what's happening in America right now. And the reason that we've reached the point where we've reached right now is because very few true preachers of God even exist anymore. I know they're out there, and we ain't claiming to be nothing. We're just observing what God is revealing to us through his great servants here. But one of the things that we see here is that a true man of God, when he is truly called and anointed of God, what he speaks comes from God. What he speaks, he's heard from God. And what he speaks is completely overtaken and been absorbed into his very spirit, soul, and body. That's a heavy thing, man. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll say this. It, it, yeah, please do. <laughs> again, it said the spirit came into him, and he spoke about observing the word, of, uh, absorbing the word of God, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, eating it. Um, 
and he spoke about the other prophets speaking out of their own spirit. Yeah. Right? Um, an evil spirit, a rebellious spirit. And if we can look into the spirit realm, what was taking place, uh, the spirit of the age was moving. Yeah. Right. And 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 the false prophets were were taken upon that spirit, and they would mm. prophesy according to that spirit. Wow. Right. Out of their spirit. Mm. And it's almost like the Lord's coming to Ezekiel, like, listen, you have to make a decision here. You either ingest this word, you eat it, right, and, and then my spirit will come into you, or that same spirit that is flowing over these prophets, these false prophets, is going to come into you. Don't rebel, because there is no gray area, right? It, it, it got to that point. It got yeah. to that point, you know, and, and again, and, and it's not a gross sin that he was dealing with because that's no. where we're all at right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a war of two spirits, the spirit of the age, the spirit of God. Good. Yeah. Both are trying to enter wow. every inhabitant that's on this earth. Wow. That's really good. That's true, brother. Mm-hmm. That's Which one do true. you have, right? And it's sounding right. its word, and then sound, the spirit of God is sounding the word of God. Yes, that's precisely right, because that's what he does. He eats the word, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah. be thou not rebellious, like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth. That's in verse eight, chapter two, verse eight. That's an act of the will. That's what you're talking about, right? Right. I mean, God's not, God will show you. God, you'll even hear what God is speaking to you, but he requires obedience. He requires yieldedness to it. Once you do that uh, and, and receive what he gives you, it, it, it always begins with an act of the will. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And so you're right, brother. That, that's a powerful statement. The, it's the spirit of the age or the spirit of the Lord. The choice yet always remains with the individual as it did with this great prophet. And so in verse 9, he says, When I looked, behold, a hand was sent to me, and lo, a roll of a book was written, or, or, or was therein. And then verse 10 says, what, Brother Jeremy? Could you read verse 10 to us? And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations, and mourning and woe. So that's an incredible thing that he sees. It, it's written, it's a scroll. Uh, and, and and then the Lord opens it before him. This hand, I believe, is Christ, the Spirit of Christ, because uh, he's the one who always takes the scroll out of the hand of the Father, right? So it's this, it's it's a hand that was sent to him, and, and in his hand is a book, and then he spreads it before me. And what he sees is the book has reached, reached the place where it's written on the inside or the scroll, but it's also written on the outside as if to say to the prophet, they've run out of room, you know, because what he saw was lamentations, mourning, and then woe, woe always being the final uh, culminating act of judgment when it's all concluded. 
but it's progressive, right? It's a lamentation, it's a mourning, and it's a woe. That's what was revealed to him. And what was revealed to him is that the scroll was written from the beginning to the end, and it ran out of space, and then it was written on the outside of it as well, which is a perfect picture uh, that the Lord is revealing to the prophet that we've reached the culmination now. There's no more room. There's no more anything I can write on it. They have filled up the book. And so it it must come down on them now. And so that's what he that, that's how he receives his call. <laughs> so he's in full flight when we get to chapter thirteen. And what we want to accelerate Go ahead, brother. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, brother Marty. He says and, and when he speaks about he spread it before me, it also required it to be broken into pieces. Right, to break apart, that's what it means, to disperse, to chop in yeah. pieces, to lay open, but also means to chop. And it, it tells you, too, he has to eat the scroll, right? The manner in, we, in, with, in how we must um, partake of the word, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so it, I think it's very symbolic of that, too. You well, know, that's, an important, that's an, yeah, that's an important thing you just said, that the manner in which we partake of the word. And the way the Holy Spirit had it written there is lamentation, mourning, and woe. Mm. And those are the pieces you're talking about, right? And as you flow yeah. in, in in his prophecy, you'll see that's exactly how he prophesied. He, he, he prophesied of the lamentation. He prophesied then the following lamentation gives way to mourning and then ultimately gives way to woe, which is the final judgment. Even in the book of Revelation, right? The, the final wrath of God is poured out, and it's called the three woes of God, right? It's that, that wrath of God. So he sees all of it, and he, he must take it in pieces. He must digest it that way. Very good point there. So when we come to, 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 to Ezekiel 13, where we started our study today, it's, it's, it's several years after this event. And, and Israel and Judah is now reaching the, the final days of its existence. And, and, be, and before we get to chapter 13, we need to take into context what leads him to begin to address the prophets specifically. Because before that, in chapter 12, uh, he's, he, he begins to address the false expectations of the people. You know, because like we had said, the people that were under captivity they kept hearing false words that this captivity was going to end. And and the prophets that were in Jerusalem, the, the high, high, highfalutin ones, right? they were sending letters, they were sending emissaries, uh, they were circulating information amongst the people, and they were causing them to have hope and expectation. This is how blind they were. The captivity had come. Judgment was already at work. They were suffering precisely because of generations of rebellion that culminated in their time. They were indeed to become the generation of his wrath. And yet, even though that they were up under captivity, it wasn't enough to penetrate them to the, to the extent that they could see clearly. And so God calls this prophet Ezekiel amongst the people and begins to move upon him to bring clarity and understanding to the, to, the, to the real truth of the situation that they find themselves in. And, and yet, as they got closer and closer, because of their refusal to understand or repent, 
whether it be in Jerusalem or in captivity in Babylon, God moves upon him to begin to 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 wake them up, and 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 they're nearing the time now. The, the the time is accelerating, and and God moves upon the prophet, and He gives him four specific words in chapter twelve, and the words were designed specifically to wake them up and to 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 knock aside this false hope, these lying prophecies that that really what was happening was was all a setup, this great setup to 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 produce all this glory and you know it's God's it's God's way and you know you're about to have this great revival. We're all gonna that that's what they were being told. And so it was hindering the spirit of God's ability, so to speak, for lack of a better way to describe it, to truly move amongst his people, especially the ones that he had separated to preserve. They didn't understand, even though they knew something, and then they would get these words, they would get these dreams, these visions, these letters from headquarters in Jerusalem telling them, oh, no, 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 you're about to be released. This is all about to be over. It's going to end in this great culmination of glory. Hananiah, the prophet back in Jerusalem, like we've discussed several weeks ago, was telling them, hey, in two years, it's all over. All the treasures are coming back. All these people are going to be defeated. That's what they were being told. And so nearing the end, God gives Ezekiel first four words addressing uh, the, the, the people and addressing uh, the, the political class, the ruling class. Brother Jeremy, that, that, that's what he starts with in chapter 12. He begins in chapter 12 to, to deal with that before he, we get to 13. But, but let's go quickly here. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Could you read that to us? Yes. The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. He begins to prepare the prophet himself to understand this word that comes to him. I want you to understand that they have eyes, but they don't see. And they have ears, but they're not hearing what's actually taking place in their time. It's much like it is today. We've been putting, we've been, we've been laying out here for seven, eight months now, and, and saying, look, I don't think we're actually seeing what's really happening here, and I don't think we're actually hearing what the Spirit of God is trying to say to this country. And that's what he begins to deal with first. He, he wants to prepare him and say, you're going to have to prophesy to them because of this condition. So he then begins to deal with the political and the religious leadership, and he tells them they are going to suffer and be overrun. That's what's going to happen. They just don't know it yet. And even though they're in captivity and it's a nation now that's divided, and even though it appears that they still have power under King Zedekiah and 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 the, and the powerful uh, religious elite of their day, they, and their false prophets over there—they're all almost intoxicated by their own self-importance still. And so the first thing God does is begin to give him a most uh, a word that's most fascinating because it, it's really it's directed to them. It's directed to the general population. Uh, and 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 he says something in verse 17 through 20. Can you read that to them? What does he say to the prophet to tell them? Moreover, 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, eat thy bread with quaking, and drink thy water with trembling and with carefulness. Uh, 19.2? Yeah, read 19. And say unto the people of the land, Thus saith the Lord God of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel, they shall eat their bread with carefulness, and drink their water with astonishment, that her land may be desolate from all that is therein because of the violence of all them that dwell therein. So he he, he begins to warn them and tell them uh, and, and begin to reveal to us. See what the Lord is doing to Ezekiel here? He's revealing to Ezekiel by having him eat his his bread <laughs> Uh, with quaking and drinking his water with trembling and carefulness, he's letting him know what the general feeling is back in Jerusalem, back in the favored nation state, right? That's what he's letting them know. And and he's telling them that, that what they're really feeling is is an anxiety and and, and, a, and an astonishment, he goes on to say in verse 19, right? Because he goes on and says, tell them. Tell them in verse 19, the Lord says, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem of the land of Israel, that they are going to be eating their bread with carefulness and drinking their water with astonishment. He's literally saying that that that, that what you're feeling should be assigned to you. He says the word carefulness in, in the Hebrew means anxiety, amongst other things, but it's an anxious sense that has settled over the nation. So they're eating bread, but it's with anxiousness. It's it's this it's this feeling it's it's this unspoken we don't really want to talk about it but we're all feeling a little anxious more than that it's a heightened sense of anxiety up under this thing there was a there was a growing cloud of foreboding that was trying to to buffet them and it was indeed buffeting them but they're surrounded by a bunch of prophets and a bunch of religious elites and a bunch of political class and then the aristocracy and the and the royal house all of them were living in such a way and saying such things and still going on with temple business as it always had been and false prophets talking about this great revival that's coming yet there was an unease that was settling over the general population the people of god were talking about don't forget that and and what he's saying is that look you're eating you're going to be eating your bread with carefulness in other words what's going to happen is a, a sudden a sense of anxiety is going to grow and you're going to drink they're going to drink their water with astonishment that word astonishment means to be absolutely dismayed and in horror and why would they be dismayed and in horror because everything that they had been hoping for and anticipating, even though in the underlying current of their very spirit and soul, they were anxious and afraid, when it actually comes down on them, they will be dis dismayed and in utter shock and astonishment because what they never, ever imagined would happen to their great nation actually was going to happen. And the root of it, and one of the most incredible predictive sense that they were drawing near to those moments was what he said at the bottom of verse 19, because 
of the violence of all them there is. Does that yeah. sound familiar to you guys at all? Very familiar. Injustice, <laughs> all these things. Yes. You know, we, 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 we have all these symbolic things that are happening even in our day, you know, and, um, you know, from even the mask that we were, everything is, God is trying to tell us something. If we would just see, he's mm-hmm. revealing yes. to something, but, but we're so blind. We are willing coming into our, willingly coming into our, we don't see what's going on, where we're heading. Just like in the days of Ezekiel, right? Uh, As you said, violence, you know, people being wrong, unjust, cruelty, damage, injustice, oppression, unrighteousness, unrighteous, wrong, and so forth. Yes, and and, and I really really sensed when I was looking at that this morning, (laughs) you know, what God is saying here, is what to them is exactly what I sense and see by the word of God is happening to the country at large. See, they're eating their bread, like he said, with carefulness, and and that's that's an anxiety. Can, what is that? Can you look up that word, brother Jeremy, and and, and read anxiety to us or carefulness? Yes, it means um, it means anxiety. Care, but fullness, fear, heaviness, sorrow, mm-hmm. anxious care, right? Yeah, there it is, right? And all of those emotions uh, are underneath. Afraid. Yes, underneath Sorry the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and be mm-hmm. afraid. But underneath the surface, what's really going on is an agitation of the spirit. You know, yeah. even though they're hearing all this stuff on the outside from the false prophets and, you know, these messages of, of, of prosperity and better days are ahead. He started off by telling them what we read in verse one and two, that they, 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 they hear stuff, but they don't hear and they see, but they really don't see. Uh, you were talking about even the masks, right? We talked about that yesterday. God had Ezekiel cover his face with a, with a mask, so to speak. Right? right, right, right. And he said it was it was to be assigned to you. I skipped that first word, but look at it again. Read what he tells them. It tells them to do in verse eleven and twelve. Can you read that? What he says is going to yes. happen. Say, I am your sign, like as I have done, so shall it be done unto them. They shall remove and go into captivity, and the prince that is among them shall bear upon his shoulder in the twilight and shall go forth they shall dig through the wall to carry out thereby he shall cover his face that he see not the ground with his eyes what an incredible what an incredible thing to say right i mean he he said look he had ezekiel the prophet cover his own face trying to jar the people in the captivity and and then he reveals the reason that he covered his face, he said, is because that's what they're going to do over there in Jerusalem. Their faces will be covered, and, and they're going to try to escape the ultimate judgment that's coming. But a precursor to that is just that they will cover their face. And he says, in the twilight, that's just before the sun goes down, right? Just before the darkness onset, the in-between of the day. 
right? When the sun sets and the darkness hasn't fully set in, it's at that moment that 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 this that that the king is even going to have to cover his face. I'm just going to throw it out there. How how long did it did we take? Remember how how early on, brother, uh, <laughs> the president refused to wear a mask. Remember, he wouldn't wear that mask. He resisted it, resisted it, resisted it. And then after several weeks now, maybe two or three months, I, I first saw him. He, there he was wearing the mask. He, he had to cover his face. For whatever reason, I think, again, we've been asking, I know this is probably out there for some people, but man, it's in the word, man. Uh, the prince, that's what it said. The prince that is among them shall bear upon his shoulders in the twilight, just as we're getting between the closing of the light and the onset of the absolute full darkness. It'll be then that they will go forth. They'll, they'll dig through the wall to carry out. They're going to look for a way to escape. But the fact of the matter is, is he's going to have to cover his face and it, it will be the sign that it has come. But they have eyes and they don't see. They have ears and they don't hear son of man. Why? Because they're a rebellious house. And the truth of the matter is the second thing that he talked about, which we're talking about right now, is that's going to cross over into the people becoming more and more uneasy as we're getting closer. Even though they're eating bread and drinking water, the truth of the matter is, is the underlying current of their psyche, their very soul and spirit is one of anxiousness, depression, carefulness, a, a growing sense of unease and foreboding. And, and it's going to give way to absolute astonishment. And to throw in a, a further sign, he says, because their streets are now filled with violence, all of it were signs. And he's trying to jarred them in, in chapter 12 to wake up. And to consider what it is that they're seeing and not to trust in these false words. But see, he was going to be contradicted. Go ahead and would you read that? That uh, Read this whole part, brother, to uh, verse 21 through 25. It's the third word that he gets. And this is, this is what begins to come back at him when he starts talking like this. What does he say? 21 to 25. And the word, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man. What is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth? Tell them, the, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision, for there shall be no more any vain vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord God. That's incredible, right? Because that's what he said. He said, look, you've got a whole bunch of people now saying, in verse 22, the days are prolonged and every vision faileth. In other words, that sounds like what Peter said, right? The last day scoffers would come saying, where is the promise of his coming? In other words, where is the fulfillment of these prophecies? It's still not time. There's still, I've heard preachers on TV over the last year talking about 20, 30, 40 years down the road, man. You know, it's just insane. How can you, how can you predict four decades out from what's happening right now? You know, and, and that's the attitude they had then, even up under this. 
He predicts that the king and the people that are with him are going to have to put face coverings on. We've seen the same thing in our time. He says they're going to try and dig through the wall and escape. In other words, they're going to look for some way to get out from up underneath this, but it ain't going to happen. That's the first thing he says. Next, he says what you're going to begin to witness up under this this condition that's coming down upon them in their last days is that the people themselves, that is the people of God, are going to have settle over them, even though they're eating bread and drinking water, this sense of foreboding dread that begins to grow, an anxiousness, a worriedness about everything. And when it and, and their streets are filled with violence in the midst of this. He says the truth of the matter is, is that when it finally comes down in its fullness, they're gonna sit there astonished and, and in, be in horror at what they're going to see. They are so hardened by their false prophets. And then into this climate of being warned, he says, There's those among you who say, Ah, oh, it's always been this way, don't listen to them. And, and, and the Lord says, tell them the truth, that the days are at hand, and everything that's been prophesied for the decades before this situation has come up upon you, it's going to come to pass in your days. It will no longer be pro- prolonged. In verse 25, right, he says, it is going to be in your days, O rebellious house. I will say the word, and I will perform it, says the Lord. That's the third word. And then it gives way to the fourth word. Could you read that in verse 26 through 28, Brother Jim? Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesied of the times that are, are, that are far off. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, there shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. Incredible. Incredible. So basically he's saying your time has run out. You are the generation of the fulfillment of these things. And that is the question we're asking to this country right now, our country, the American church. The, 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 the parallels are striking for those of you that have been paying attention, they're striking. And, and God has his prophet warning, right? I mean, he, he and he's telling them, tell them that it's not for many days. It's not for years to come. It's happening now. And you're going to see it. And, 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 the, and the things that he gave him to tell them to pay attention to so that they could at least anchor their soul to something and maybe bring some clarity to quit hoping in these false visions, these false dreams, these, you know, this this nationalism and, and wrapped all up in religion, all that stuff that we see happening today, the same thing was happening to them. And what they didn't realize was that they were already uh, up under judgment, that a whole global system was encroaching around them. And, and they kept linking themselves or latching themselves to a false hope. It didn't penetrate the heart. Even though they have eyes to see, they can't see it. Even though they have ears to hear, they can't hear it. So then he goes to the extreme and says, I want you, prophet, to have your face covered. Maybe it'll jar them. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll get a clue, but they're not going to, he says. But you go and tell them, I'm the sign. And the part of the sign is, my face is covered. And then he goes and he addresses the king in that first vision, right? And he says, when you're king... Your own king is going to have to put a face covering on. No, 
that the days are near. It's the twilight. It's between the setting of the sun and the onslaught of complete darkness. When you see that, he says, they're going to try and dig a hole in the wall. That's symbolic language to say they're going to try at those moments to try and figure a way out of this, but it's not going to happen. He says, when you see these things, the next thing that's going to happen is that the people are going to have this encroaching sense of dread and anxiety, and it will ultimately give way to an astonishment, an absolute dismay as they see that what they thought they could figure a way out of, it ain't going to happen. And to those among them who say, oh, you know, don't listen to that kind of word. And, 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 the, and the words of the prophets, is it still for a long way off? God says, no. Say that, uh, the, the, I, I, <laughs> will I say the word and I will perform it in your days? That's what God says. It's happening now. Every generation throughout biblical history that's ever had this kind of judgment come upon it was completely unaware just how close they were to the finality of it. They are, they are people that are so disconnected from how God deals with nations, but specifically right. his people in those nations. Right, brother? Go ahead. Say something. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's quite the opposite that the people are hearing from the pulpits today. Uh, it's an entitlement. Um, you know, we're, we're like Christian brats, man. <laughs> you know, we think that we're just handed everything, no matter how bad we are. No, mm-hmm. that that that's not that's not what we're reading here. Um, the Lord deals with His people a certain way. I think we need to go back to that, and I, and I think that's what we've been doing. And when we did the podcast with Jeremiah, studied exactly uh, what the whole um, captivity was about—a uh, preservation of His people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but they had to go under captivity. They had to submit to the captivity that was taking over the known world of that day. Yes. To preserve them, to survive. There you go. Literally, to survive. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we're saying. Like, we don't want to hear that as Christians here in America. We're in survival mode right now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's those are strong words, right? Because by all appearances, it doesn't seem that way like what are you talking about we're in survival mode in a not in a not in the natural yet but in the spiritual we are yes you know what i mean this that's why you have to take this word that that the lord is bringing to us and eat it and digest it and once you do it then your eyes will be open yes to to exactly what's taking place and then all these things will begin to make sense you're like oh my god you know I, i mean Basically, the, the, the harbingers, right, uh, that, yeah. that, that are taking place, that took place in those days, are taking place in our day. Yes. You know, you have you have the prince, you know, of that day, his face was covered. Who would ever yeah. thought we'd see a president on live television with a mask? That's weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That is super hey. weird, man. It is. But it's happening. It is. It is happening. Everything's no. weird. Everything's weird right now. Yes. But again, is it is it just because the pandemic's taking place, or what's really going on? Mm-hmm. That's what we have to ask ourselves, right? Amen. Yeah. And, and, and ahead, God has been speaking. He's been speaking 
for years, but especially he had to allow this masking to come in order to give us a, a more deeper sign. If you couldn't understand by this, maybe by this, this is, this is symbolizing the captivity that's coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're being yeah. told what to do, how to do it, and everybody's just doing it. <laughs> well, think about think, think about what you just said, brother Jeremy. It, it, it's that conditioning, right? Uh, the covering. Yes. Uh, it, 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 you also made me think about uh, what do we see in that? You know, what has happened as a result of that? One of the things that really stands out to me is the fact that you can't go buy or sell in the public mar- marketplace unless you wear this mask, right? Yep. You can't go into the in. store. That's right. You can't engage in the economy unless you're wearing the mask. Are we being conditioned to what the book of Revelation says will happen? Is the ultimate outcome of this global reset, Mm -hmm. this economic shift, where you now can only participate in the economy if you take a mark? Well, let's start by conditioning their minds to participate in goods and services only if they submit to this governmental directive of wearing a mask. Incredible. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry to mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's incredible, brother. And this is not to, to say that we, we, we don't obey the laws, you know, we, we obey them. But right. we're we're looking at it from the spiritual aspect. You Amen. know, of what is this all this this all mean? It's not a mask. Okay. You know, it's it's what it's 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 the deeper things that that God is is wanting to tell us of where we're heading, yeah. You know where we're at and where we're heading as a nation. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why He would make Ezekiel <laughs> do things like this, you know, in the prophets to do things that seem, you know, in the natural to to explain something in the in the in the spirit realm of where yeah. we're at, and people are being conditioned, and we don't know. We're confused. You know, we, you know, even though we want to be all patriotic and all of this deep inside, you know, you, you, there's fear, you know, that you don't really believe what you're saying. If you have any sense, any, any, any sense of, of, of discernment in you, you know, uh, this is, this is a time like we've never seen before in our time, yeah. in our lives. We are about yeah. to enter. If we haven't already, we are about to enter the end. Of time. You know, uh, my 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 mother-in-law, uh, she works in the hospital, and uh, they they told them uh, the uh, uh, leadership at the hospital told you know all the nurses and doctors or whatever to go get the flu shot. And she said she she went to go get this flu shot, and and she said when she arrived at the place where they were giving them, they were giving them inside this private room. And she said that when when she got in line, she said it was the, the, the most bizarre, fearful thing she ever felt. Wow. And she said that the line was long, and she looked at the people's faces, and she saw the fear because wow. a lot of them didn't want to get the vaccine for the flu. You know, for for the, uh, uh, the flu that you know flu season, but they had to to keep their job. Incredible. Right? Or, 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 yeah. And 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 she said, and, and my mother-in-law is not a not a believer, but she 
she she contacted my wife and said that she made a prayer to God. She said she said God, if you don't want me to stay in this line, speak to me. Wow. And and then she said this. She said this. And she said she told my wife this. I believe that God is answering simple prayers right now. Oh. And she said that she she got an answer from the Lord, Thank and you. you know she left the line. The fear left, right? And again, I, I'm not, you know whether you want to get a vaccine or not for flu season, that's up to you. But I, right. I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you what's happening in our world right now. It's real. Yeah. The fear that has gripped this nation, especially because she's from San Francisco, and, yeah. and you know that's what that city is like. They're pushing <laughs> every everything. They're at the forefront of this new yeah. movement the spirit of the age. So they're seeing it, you know, and, and so this is, you know, maybe you live in some conservative neighborhood and you, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Go down to these cities, these liberal cities, and and you just walk into those cities, you feel the spirit of the age, the darkness that's trying to, 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 to release itself throughout the whole nation. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here, right? That's real life. That's precisely what we're yeah. talking about. Absolutely. The darkness. And she, she, she said it. She said it uh, the other day, too, when San Francisco, when the fires uh, hit up in Northern California and, and literally San Francisco, the skies were orange and dark. This is what she said. She said it was like a darkness that could be felt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you remember that in the day, in the yeah, days of the Exodus with Egypt? Yeah, yeah. That's what we're sensing right now. Wow. That's what Ezekiel was sensing. Mm-hmm. That was the, yeah. that was the, the 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 desperation of that day. That's why the word of the Lord came to him. Like, listen, yes. it's it's here, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Get ready. I'm calling you to be a prophet. It's time. Yeah. We have no more time. Why? Because the the complete destruction of of the nation was coming. Yes. Right. I mean, think uh, about it, brother. From the first captivity uh, of Babylon in Jerusalem to the destruction of Jerusalem was 19 years. Right. From 605 BC, the first captivity, I think, to like 586 or something like that. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right. It's been 19 mm-hmm. years since 9/11 to the 2020 uh, pandemic. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, and that is exactly uh, where we're at, you know. And that's the question, though, right? You know, you have these. these that's why God had Ezekiel do what He did, and He gave him those subsequent four separate words, as we're as you're discussing, where that culminates with it's coming in your day. You know, it's happening now. Right. It's not for right. many, many years. Correct. Right. <laughs> and, and then it's true because. Go ahead, brother Mark. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, at the end of 19 years, is really was the culmination of the Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon really conquering. There was nothing else more to conquer. Right. You're right. <laughs> they, they, there was nothing else more yeah. to conquer. They had conquered everything. So a new stage uh, t- took place where the destruction of, of, of the temple and so many things that began to happen. This is where we're at. 
we're not talking about a pandemic that's just affecting the United States. This is where the where the attention is at right now, and it's because of of the place that this nation has right now in history, and even in the Word of God, as we have seen in the past podcast. But it's a pandemic that's affecting the whole world. I actually had an opportunity, brother, brother Marty, just real quick. I'm not going to get into details, but I, I did see the uh, the speech from the uh, president of China. Um, yeah, <laughs> his name is Z. Man, you know the the way that he was speaking. We need to come up with solutions. We need to better. And I'm paraphrasing because I, I don't have this co- correct, but I know what he was saying. Uh, we need to better find ways. Basically, he was, what he was saying to control the people, <laughs> yeah. to to yeah. control the food, to control everything. It was astonishing what I what I heard, brother. Yes, I just wanted to throw brother, that in. <laughs> Well, remember what he said yesterday that Brother Jeremy's referencing uh, yesterday's uh, or the day before yesterday's uh, gathering uh, for the annual speeches by the heads of state at the United Nations. And uh, and of course, nobody showed up. They did it all by Zoom. Right. They did it. (laughs) But uh, but they were all listening around the world, these heads of state and the and the running theme through all the messages, except for one, which was the United States. Uh, but the running theme for all the uh, the the leaders was we've reached the time where we need to reset the the world. This is a yes. global reset. All of them were saying that. And Xi, the most dangerous out of all of them, uh, offered the United Nations a, a system that he claims that China has already built. He called it the global brain. Do you remember that, brother Jeremy? The global data mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about offering it to the United Nations so that they could control the whole world, everybody. So while we've been watching Netflix and and uh, <laughs> and, and empty football stadiums, you know, they've been constructing a global brain. You know, they've had you look in the other direction. We are in the twilight, brothers and sisters, whether you realize it or not. And our king has already put covered his face. We're <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, we and, and we're eating our bread and drinking our water with absolute anxiousness and fearfulness. This growing sense of foreboding—it's here. Right. And yeah. and that's. Go ahead. Were you gonna say yeah, something? You know, it, it, it's something powerful that you just said because that's how, in a way, we could see this in Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. What they offered the nations was two things. The learning of the Chaldean, that of the okay, the um, their their learning that they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldean. Interesting. What does this mean? Mm. A new culture, uh, yeah. uh, wow. you know, a, coming to a common core, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, being inclusive. <laughs> All these mm-hmm. little words, play words, you know, uh, uh, we can use. That's what they. That's what they gave every single nation. You know, what you're talking about, because it made me think about that, Brother Marty, as you said, this brain that they're offering, you know. And that's, that's what they the call way, it. <laughs> yes. And, and, and again, you know, this is to minister to the people. Now, understand that in the middle of this, because we're living in the same, this is where we're at right now. What we must do is what Daniel did. He, The Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart. You got a purpose in your heart. You got to stay connected to the word of God. You're not a citizen of this world. 
you know, uh, we we are not of this world. But there's a system that is wanting to get you and, you know, whatever, being a, a by being a patriotic Christian, by being, you know what I mean, going out yeah. and, you know, if you vote for this yeah. and that, it's going to change the world, blah, blah, blah. But we see a parallel there, what you just said, Brother Marty, and then what Nebuchadnezzar, what Babylon offered all the best of the nations, right? Yes. Offered them the teaching and learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Brother Jeremy, it's, if we, if it's we like, it, they, it's, it's like people forget who the god of this world is. Yeah. Right? They forget who the god yeah. of this world is. You know, there's, there's, there's so much of this liberation theology uh, that mm-hmm. has branched out into different places in society, whether it's with the Hispanics or blacks. There's always the oppressed and the oppressor, right? And right. the oppressor has to be somebody, a system or uh, a race. Right, and and it's like, wait a minute, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. The oppressor is the god of this world. He is That's the right. one controlling the narrative of mm-hmm. this world. Yeah, we as Christians nice. have to wake up to these things, and and right. and, and that's why we're 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 we're, uh, we're we're teaching what we're teaching, because many too many people are looking to the news. To CNN, to Fox, to these movements. No, 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 no. We we have to understand that that this is a spiritual battle, right? right. Yeah, and that's and and this is the part that is probably the most scary of people, and it scares most people. It scares me. I mean, you know, I'm not a I'm not a sadist. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, I I do everything I can to avoid pain, man. I mean, you know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> but but what the Word of God is, what we're talking about here, several things you guys just said, and, and we'll just take another few minutes before we close here. But, um, but Jeremy, you talked about uh, learning the tongue of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. You talked about the prophet Daniel. Now, I want to just talk about this right now, because I know this is for somebody out there. It's for all of us, really, in one way or another. See, Daniel purposed in his heart. That really touched my heart, brother. Him and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, not to defile themselves with the meat and the wine from the king's table. But but remember, sitting at that table were a whole bunch of people that had come with them from Jerusalem. Other yes, people that were part of, mm-hmm. of the Jews. So they're brothers in the Lord, right? And and what and and like brother Jeremy, uh, brother Fernando just said, do you have we forgotten who the God of this world really is? Yeah. Because what we are seeing is that which has been predicted would come to pass. The hardest thing for people, even in this late hour, to wrap their head around the church people that is, is that we have indeed come to this hour. And that's why Ezekiel, we were saying in that first word, and in that third word, there was saying, God says, they have this proverb that, oh, it's for many days ahead. You know, the, 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 everything the prophet said haven't come to pass. It's not going to happen in our time, even under the midst of all the signs. But they're already in captivity. And the one thing I wanted to bear down on was what you said, Brother Jeremy, is that, that, that they, they were given the meat and the drink and the language of Babylon. And and I want people to understand one of the things that Jesus said. These are God's people. There was only four of them who didn't eat at the king's table. 
It was Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but, but the others did. And Jesus talked about this. He said, because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many will wax cold. And what he's talking about and what we see in that story you mentioned, brother, because this is the same time Ezekiel's living in, they're in the same place. Uh, Daniel had access to it, you know, at a greater level than Ezekiel did. But so did a whole bunch of other people who gave into that spirit. So understand that there are, there are intense things coming against the children of God right now. That spirit is gripping the world. And the language of that world is seeking to overtake us, all of us. And we will not be able to resist if you are not <laughs> walking with God. And, and even then, it's going to be hard, man. I'm telling you, it's going to get really intense. And it's already intense. The, the truth of the matter is, and, and I, we're not here to have a couch session, but if, if, if you would be honest out there, uh, you're dealing with things at times in your mind and at times in your own flesh, depending on what age you are. I mean, you know, it could be anything. I'm not going to define it with a list of things because it's unique to you. But if you don't understand what's happening, uh, then, you know, it's already, you've already been beat up and you're up against the ropes, man. Understand that this is real and that this spirit is real. It's the spirit of the age. You cannot resist it if you're not plugged into God. And it and remember our Lord Himself sweat as it were, great drops of blood battling the devil. So don't tell me <laughs> you know mm -hmm. that that you're anywhere near that level. Because none of us are. But yeah. Uh. Brother, well, go ahead. I like what you said. We cannot resist the spirit if we're not plugged into God. And you mentioned before that that it wasn't just Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that had come. Other Jewish, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, young men had come. Unfortunately, the rest, the Bible doesn't speak about them, but it, it more than likely points that they were they embrace this culture. They embrace this language. You know what I'm saying? And again, well, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, let's just paint a little picture here. I mean, you're talking about Babylon, man. I mean, you're talking about yeah. Babylon. You're talking about the one that shows up in the book of Revelation as the mother of all harlots. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're talking about a spirit of the age that seduces you know, uh, so subtly. And yet, once the subtlety gives way to the in-your-face, it's too late. Remember, brother, you made me think about later on in that, or, or the, the first three chapters of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar ends up building a golden image, right, and requires them all to bow down. Well, they did, didn't they? <laughs> they yes. did. That's what's at stake here. That's what's, That's where we're headed. I'm sorry, go ahead and finish your thought. No, that you, you said it. You, I couldn't have said it any better, brother. You're, you're right. This this spirit of Babylon is it's a seducing spirit. But I, you know, what 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 spoke to my life right now? What you were saying is it's so crucial. There is no possible way that you're going to be able to fight and resist the spirit if you're not plugged in 
to his word, to him, to what God is saying in this hour. Yes. So, uh, and and like you, you know, said, just, uh, Daniel Daniel purposed in his heart. That's going to be a private thing between you and God, between me and my God, between you and your God listening out there. That purposing of the heart, that is a work of the Holy Spirit, and yet it is also a quality of decision. And 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 yeah, we're all going to come up under it. Trust me, it is going to be incredibly difficult to stand if you haven't purposed in your heart. I'm not talking about messing up and and all that. Yeah, yeah, you can mess up, but we're talking about a level here of where we're headed in this world, when everything is offered to you. If you'll only, I mean, it's the same trick of the devil. He did the same thing with the Lord in the temptation in the wilderness. He tried to get him with bread and he tried to get him with pride. He couldn't do that. So then he went to the final thing, which I'll offer you the whole world, all the kingdoms of the world. All you got to do is worship me. That's where we're coming to. Or what about even in a more basic sense? You have kids, you have grandchildren. They're hungry. They're starving because you know that we're not supposed to take this economic mark that identifies us with, with this whole system. You know enough to know that. But when it really hits the road, the rubber hits the road, we better purpose well in advance. Like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. This is real stuff we're talking about here. And we don't mean to scare you. We mean to warn you as we warn ourselves. All of us need to reflect. All of us need to consider these things, I think. And you said another thing, Brother Jeremy, that was that we need to talk about real quickly here, and we'll pick this up from here tomorrow. You said that 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 this Babylonian system, this Babylonian empire that was growing, you mentioned uh, President Xi from China in his speech the other day, same thing, uh, that that it had pretty much conquered the entire world of that day. It's a foreshadow of the Antichrist and its system. But there was only one nation that stood in its way. Israel. But when, and when it came to it, they didn't have the spiritual strength to do it because they were just as compromised as the system that now surrounded it. And so they had no quality to fight or resist it. And so they wrapped themselves in a pseudo-nationalism. They believed these false words from their elite prophets. They, they hooked themselves to a, to a political movement, Zedekiah, who broke with, uh, you know, and did things that caused other things to come upon us. All of it is what we're saying here is that that one nation needed to be taken down and then the whole world would come up underneath Babylonian control. It is exactly what the book of Revelation predicts will happen in this world. And it is interesting that the entire focus of the world has now come to rest in the last remaining bastion for what little is left of, of Judeo-Christian gospel to the whole world. It is the final nation that needs to be removed. Trust me, they have Europe. It ain't even a thing. It ain't even a thing, man. I mean, <laughs> less than two, before the pandemic, less than 5% of the people in what was once the greatest missionary ascending fourth nation in the world, Great Britain, only it came to just before the close of 2019, only 5% of the people even graced the doorstep of a church in those great churches uh, uh, throughout Great Britain anymore. Not to mention, you know, Western Europe, it's gone. Christianized Europe. I mean, that's how, that's how the West spread was through the gospel. 
And when right. they gave up their right and when they became idolatrous, God forged a new nation. We've talked about this before. America was founded by people who really believed that we were the new Israel. Their theology wasn't right, but this is the promised land. If you want to talk about it, why does everybody try to come here? It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It was founded and forged upon biblical principles and, and, and calling upon the God of heaven for, for his providential blessing to sustain and increase a, a, a burgeoning nation that sought only one thing, and that was his protection, his guidance, his light, his blessing, and they would serve him. But even the founding fathers who have come under incredible attack as of late uh, said in their writings, if you'll read them, that how can any empire seek to exist except it have the providential blessing of Almighty God? Those are the words paraphrasing of uh, Benjamin Franklin at the Continental Congress. And then they, in, in the inaugural address of their first president, George Washington, he said, you know, th this nation will only work if it, if it maintains and has a moral people. Because what keeps us together is, is, our, is our surrender to the biblical principles we once adhered to. It's not about limiting what we are or who we are. It's a covenant we cut with God. And, and, and so the laws that were passed, the Constitution that was written up under the guidance, I believe, of the Spirit of God as it pertains to governments of man, if, if that, 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 those laws and those principles set down in the founding foundations of our, of our nation only work if the people are moral. And if they're not, it can't stand. That was the first speech that George Washington ever gave. Well, so here we are. The one nation standing between absolute control and, and, and holding it back was the United States of America. That's how history has unfolded. But like in the days of Judah, right, <laughs> when, when the time came, and, and you can't say God didn't send prophets. We were talking about them before we started this recording today. I mean, the prophets that were given to us throughout the 20th century that warned us and warned us and warned us that we were, and they were warning about how horrible we were in the 50s, for goodness sakes. You know, when we when we used to watch Howdy Doody and, you know, into the 60s, you know, I Love Lucy, you know, black and white, you know, Desi and Lucy, and, 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 and God forbid that we show a husband and wife in the same bed. Back then, it was the America was still had some kind of a standard where even, even this married couple, Lucy and Desi, they had separate beds in their own, in their own, you know, because you couldn't show anything that would that would that would even remotely. That's how we were. We were more innocent, you know. I mean, we didn't want to see those things. We kept things in the right place and perspective. We celebrated family. We embraced the God of the of, of the Bible of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the decline has been swift and steady, and it's come to rest in our days and we're now 19 years out from from the greatest thing since since the uh, world war ii that shook the nation uh, uh, at pearl harbor to the 9-11 occurrence at the beginning of the 21st century it was 19 years and a few days for judah we've entered the 19th year uh in america the parallels are striking and god had his prophets stand up and begin to call them out to shake them from from not being able to understand what was actually happening, to open their eyes and to tell them, don't put your trust in the foxes of the desert. That's what he described the false prophets as. And that's where we'll pick it up tomorrow. 
if we haven't scared you to death by now, we hope you come back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. the plan, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Man. So, uh, yeah. It's not easy to you know, say uh, these things, is it, brothers? I mean, it ain't easy to talk. No, it's, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, brother. It's not, no. but, but it's necessary. It's necessary. You know, um, uh, I mean, just just in America, man, the, the prophets to, or the so-called men of God just don't get it. And, and I, I just want to leave you with this. Uh, this is not to poke fun of anything, but I had a, 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 a brother who's promoting a prayer on September 27, and pretty much he's saying that if, if we get enough people to pray in tongues, it can change the course of our nation, you know? Huh. And, and, and just the, the, the silliness, and by the way, I, I do believe in, in speaking another tongue, so no way am I, you know, diminishing that. But, right. I mean, just, I mean, really, right, really, <laughs> you know, uh, that's going to change the course of our, if we all pray in tongues, it's going to change the course. I mean, uh, I mean, how pathetic are we getting? You know, uh, we can do all these things, all these events, and all these prayer, you can, you can look them up, all these prayer events are there coming up if we do this if if we pray in god we trust prayer Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i mean just the silliness that is going on too you know it's it's pathetic you know but um i pray that these podcasts are opening up your eyes as it has as it is doing to us yes as, as god is dealing with us as brother marty brother fernando with these things are not easy to speak with to speak about you know, it seems like we, we, we are, you know, we can easily speak about them, but uh, you don't understand the level. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, some of us may not understand the level of um, of war and battle that happens throughout the day, throughout the night, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, you know, when you speak like this, the devil doesn't like it. You know, when, when you expose him and expose right. his lies, he doesn't like it. But that you know that's besides the point what i want you to understand is that you know it's not easy but someone has to say it amen and we want you to 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 be bold too you know what you're learning what god is showing you through this take it and share it to those not just with anybody don't blabber your mouth to just anybody but to those that you see that are hungry that are seeking Mm -hmm. and i know that god will use you because some people need to hear you, not us. They need to hear from you. Right. Yeah. You know what God is saying in this hour. We love you. We pray for you. And I pray that you pray for us. And and uh, uh, please join us tomorrow. <laughs> please join <laughs> us tomorrow as uh, as we'll give you a well Tomorrow we'll, we'll speak to you about prosperity and all these things. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll find something to tickle your ear, you know. To get you yeah. to get you to come back on Monday, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. Unless God changes our message, you know, uh, right. you know, we'll see what we can do to to get you happy and get bubbly, you know. Jesus go is coming or something. Do so. Yeah, Jesus is coming. There you go. <laughs> no, but may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and as always, keep looking up.